Welcome to the Mama Outspoken Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jill. And I'm your other co-host, Bobby. And we're back with another episode. This is episode seven. We're talking about the fourth trimester. Um, My valley today is that Declan has been incredibly fussy. It feel like since the day he turned one, I, I honestly feel like on his birthday, there was a switch that he made and it was just not having it. Fussy, 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 not happy about anything and has to be with me at all times. Yep. And then tonight I'm putting him to sleep and I'm like, you know what? Let me check the wonder weeks app and see where we are on their supposed calendar of developmental leaps. And we have five days left of his fussy period. No, really? Go figure. <clears throat> We're in a fussy period. Mm, so he's that in the middle. explains a lot. Yeah, I know, right? He's in the middle of a leap. Now, people say Wonder Weeks is fine, that there's some science behind it, but other people say that there's no science behind it. But so far... It's been pretty on point with us, I feel. Anyway, that's my valley. My peak is that I was able to successfully camp for three days with Declan without you. And we did pretty darn good. I'm surprised. I was very proud of us. I mean, granted. So is he really in a leap, though? He's really in a leap. Because it was still really hard. Because even my mom was saying that he was terrible the whole weekend. Because, yeah, but, but my mom's version of terrible and my version of terrible are different. Two totally, completely, <laughs> two totally different things. But I, I did think that camping was a, a success without you. And then even when you got there, it was even more of a success. It was great having an extra hand. Although we were with my parents and my sister and her boyfriend the whole week. And that, well. They were helpful to an extent, but it was what it was. We enjoyed ourselves. We had fun. And we look forward to doing it again. We're probably going to do it again the next time they go. Yeah. But anyway, that's me. What about you, babe? Um, so the valley would be for me is that, especially today and other times too, but mostly today was not knowing what he wants. Mm. And Jill was working in the other room and he just got up from a nap and he was just cranky the whole time and not, I would sit down with him. I would, every time I picked him up, he'd be fine. Then try to sit down to watch his favorite show, Coco Melon, and he would cry. It took me about, say, a good 20 minutes to actually figure out that what he wanted to do was eat. <laughs> and since I don't have boobs, uh, I had to give him his crackers and stuff. So it took a little bit to get him in the chair, his high chair, and... Eventually, he actually sat down in his high chair and fed him, and he was fine. I feel like that's why I want to do, like, the baby sign language to see if he would actually, like, use the signs to tell us 
that he was hungry or he wanted more and whatever else they would but teach him. I feel like I think that would be helpful for us. I feel like baby sign language is crying until you get what you actually want. <laughs> that's what I feel like, but that's just me. So yeah. Um and the peak was him actually like when he's not being so needy and dramatic and whatever was like how independent he could be when you're just standing off to the side and he just plays with his own toys and does what he wants and doesn't even not even a care in the world just playing with his own toys and just doing what he like it's amazing just to watch him and he's not upset about it he's just curious about everything and doesn't want anybody at that time but when he needs something that's when he is like cranky and it like feels difficult yeah but like when he's just doing his own thing and it's like cool to see because he's like actually kind of like evolving in a way growing like, up yeah well yeah he's always growing up but like he doesn't need you at that point mm -hmm. it's only when he needs something is when he needs you <laughs> pitches a fit so today i was outside with him and i went to go pick up the dog poop and he just decided to leave me climbed up the stairs of the deck by himself and went over to the pool <laughs> and just started collapsing the walls so the water would drain out all over yeah he's good at that and i kept yelling at him to stop or what are you doing and he <laughs> just turn around look at me and then go right <laughs> back to it and giggle that was great and he enjoyed himself and whatever it kept him busy it's just water it's what it is but all right so we'll take our beer break yeah what are you drinking bobby i am drinking west coast heaven from monkish brewery they're from torrance california so it's a west coast IPA and it is delicious. It actually is if anybody's knows anything about beer, it's an unfiltered West Coast hazy IPA showcasing Motika hops from New Zealand. So yeah. Nice. What are you drinking, Jill? I am I'm lame tonight and just drinking a truly hard seltzer. <laughs> Today's episode is going to be about the fourth trimester. What is the fourth trimester? So the fourth trimester is the first five months after a baby is born. So they consider it like another, even though trimester there, there can't really be four trimesters. There's when, tri, yeah. yeah. Um, it's weird. So <laughs> you have your three trimesters when you're pregnant, and then they they dub it fourth trimester for after your baby has been born, and it's the first five months of your transition into motherhood with baby. Um, it's when you're really in the thick of becoming a parent. So it's like summer school. How? <laughs> sense to me it's like no it's like uh what's it called uh 
Like when you have to, or when you're left back, I don't know. Like when you're cramming? Yeah, you're cramming and like, you're just like. It's like a cram course. <laughs> yeah. Crash course. Crash course. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what it's like. I just know that it's hard. It sucks. It doesn't suck. It's just hard. Really? Like, so when you take your prenatal classes, you're taught baby care, like child care 101. And um, they talk like, like how to change the diaper, how to feed a baby, yeah. how to, you know, do all these other little things. How to keep them alive. And you're like taught it. You know, and it's, you watch videos or you see it on Instagram or you read books. I'll be like, oh, that's easy. Or you practice on a doll. And then when you actually have your real life baby that you have to do it with. Yeah. It's almost like it went all out the window for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wait, what the heck did we learn again? Like, what did they tell us in class? <laughs> do I do this or I need to call somebody? <laughs> I think I... I think I ran into the other room, into the office, and went and found, like, our papers that we got from the class a few times to go yeah. read on, like, wait, what did they tell us in that class again? Or I pulled it up on my phone, wherever I had some things saved. They, they weren't wrong, though. No, nobody was wrong with the information they that were, we were given. It's just, like, you expect it to be a certain way, but it's not. Yeah. Um, it's just more difficult because it's the kid. And I also they're moving and like yeah, you you have a doll, but yeah, the doll's not gonna fucking move. <laughs> so you have this real life thing in front of you, and they turn and they <laughs> scream and they yell and they might pee on you, they might puke <laughs> up. So yeah. yeah, it's it's totally different. Um, if they had a real life dummy kid, then what was it? One of our friends sent me something online before. I guess I was pregnant at the time. Where we were talking about having kids then it was a while ago. Um, she sent me something to say, try practicing on your cat to change a diaper. If you can survive that, you can survive <laughs> your baby. <laughs> That's pretty accurate. I'm like, I maybe should have done that to see <laughs> what it would have been like. I feel like the cat moves uh, a lot more and yeah. you have a lot more uh, scratches on your arm. Yeah. Definitely. Um, oh, you know, there are so many conflicting things out there too. Like you really got to find the information too. Yeah. The information that works for you. So like one of the biggest things that bothered me was two big things, two things that bothered me in our fourth trimester were diapers, dirty and wet diapers, how many there should be a day because we were breastfeeding and <clears throat> supplementing with formula at the and time. And so it was, they told you different things in the hospital. Though, so the also. hospital pediatrician told us one thing that we had to have like one dirty diaper for the first day, two for the second, three for the third, and so on. And then the real pediatrician. And then the pediatrician that we went to like, a few days later was like, oh, they go by old standards. Don't even listen to what they're saying. And then that's, that's really confusing. It really to a is. New parent, but like, not even it doesn't stop there. I know because then you go online and you talk to other <clears throat> like lactation counselors or just other moms who have experienced breastfeeding, or you read the baby books or baby books, any of it, <laughs> and they tell you sometimes babies don't poop for more for almost a week or two, and that was our child. Yeah. He decided to only poop like once a week in the first two or three months. And I thought there was something wrong. The doctor's like, well, you kind of want to see a little bit more, but it's not the worst thing. So, you know, you try to find other things to do to help them go ahead and pass through their system. Because what if you're eating milk, though? 
Well, breast milk is a different consistency than formula, but we were doing both, so it should have been. But I don't know. And that's where it gets confusing. I think you don't know who to believe. Exactly. And then the other thing would be about sleep Mm. and where the heck does your baby sleep? So there's like CDC recommendations on baby should sleep in your room for six months. And then there is like the pediatric association, like American pediatric something or another that tells you sleep. uh, There's like a safe sleep, safe seven, seven safe sleep. I don't even remember what it's called. Um, but it's how you're able to safely sleep with your child in your bed hmm. and guidelines on doing that. We did that for a little bit. We did. Um, and then there's other people that are totally against it and you have to co-sleep and not bed share. And there's all these different terms. And then you have to do what's best for you. Go on different communities on the internet. And then you have all this mom shaming or you have all this like, all, so many different tips and tricks and it's just like well where do I start and that I think is the hardest part is that you're reading so many conflicting suggestions and ideas and but journals and see, professional help that that's the thing though I, don't know. I feel like you you say you don't know but you do you did it your way yes and I, I feel like that's the best way to do it you take advice from other people who depending on who it is and you decide what you want to do with that advice. You can decide to do it this way. You can decide to do it with the doctor say there's so many, you can take so many different routes on how you take care of your child. Yeah. Especially in that, in that phase, but you did it your way and he's been alive for a year and a week now. <laughs> so I think we're doing pretty good. Yeah. We're um, We ended up doing it like some nights he would be in bed with us. Some nights he wasn't in bed with us. I really do think that his silent reflex played a part as to where he was comfortable sleeping. Um, And then the ties as well, the tongue ties, because he ended up cluster feeding so much because he wasn't nursing well in the beginning. Remember, he would sleep in the bed with us Mm -hmm. and I'd try to nurse him all night. It felt like it really felt like he latched on when we went to sleep and didn't unlatch until like five hours later oh yeah he was um but that that i i definitely contribute to having a tongue and a lip tie because once those were fixed the sleeping got so much better he wasn't latched the whole night yeah he wasn't doing the cluster feeds anymore and we were able to get him to sleep in his bassinet next to us more easily we still had to have it inverted a little bit to help with his reflex after the fact because remember he'd like throw up a little bit and then yeah when we laid him down after nursing and stuff. Um, but he, he, well, that helped quite a bit. And he, then, he really did the difference uh, after yeah. he had those. Um, and then even now to this day, a year later, we still do some bed sharing, but it's not until like very early in the morning when I don't want to go nurse him in his room because I know I'm going to be awake anyway in like yeah. a half hour. So I just rather me get some rest and be lazy about it. But those are my two things that kind of like were the hardest. Um, I actually was in a support group. I did it twice, actually. The fourth trimester support group that I was in with the nesting place. Yeah. My first group was, oh, I think Declan was a week old because I was having such a hard time that I I had to do it right away. Um, and that was a lifesaver because there was 12 of us, I think, in the group that round. Maybe a little bit less. Um, and all these other moms were in the same situation as me. So all of us had babies from one to five months. Some of the women 
you know, were a little bit older, so um, closer to the five month range. And then some of us were newborns, like a few weeks to a few months. Mm -hmm. So everyone was kind of going through the same thing or had just gone through it and was able to tell us what they did. And it was more of a support having this small group interaction than getting it from a professional who you almost feel is judging you or going online and getting it from people you don't know yeah. and not building a, a rapport with these people and just having things thrown at you. And I think that was probably the biggest help. My second group. But the going on those type of web pages, you're going to get shaming. No yeah, what. you are. You got to find what works for you. My second group was okay too, but I think I, I was in the later end of it because we were five months by the time that we had gone for that one. And I was able to input more for the newer moms, which was really helpful for both of us. Like I felt better about like, this was my experience. This is how I got through it. And that's actually probably one of the most helpful things is to me realizing that I can start this business as mama outspoken and help other moms you definitely can. by doing that second trimester, that second fourth trimester support group um, and knowing how much they value that information that I shared. So, and also the fact that even though you found support groups for yourself, it's not why it's not in the open you know what i mean yeah it's not viral and people are still having babies and mom moms are still having babies and not realizing what they're going through yeah those are the things like tummy time that's hard to figure out too like are you doing tummy time enough or right um because that's a big thing there really had tummy time. and then I feel like he crawled and then started walking. No, he, I did tummy time with him. <laughs> I, I had to. And we did a lot of baby wearing. So that was considered tummy time. Really? Yeah. Why? Um, because they're they're still working on their neck muscles. Oh, so they still got to so keep that, it. Yeah. Um, got to try mean, to keep that. Although you off. have their head supported. Yeah. They're still working on that. Um, and then mm. even when you wear, not just wear them in a thing, but like if you're laying down and then like you would hold him on your chest a lot so you would do a lot of skin to skin and that would be considered tommy time too because technically he's on his belly yeah but he's on you um so that's what the chiropractor had told me that you know baby wearing and tummy time on you laying down was just as good as being on the floor so what did you expect the first few months to be like with him versus what actually it was like especially being that we were in a pandemic in <clears throat> his first five months of life it kind of went about the same as i thought it would without the pandemic mm -hmm. as to where we got into it a couple of times because him waking up not knowing what's going on everything's so new like the changing of the diapers in the middle of the night like like constant he was up a lot during the first couple of months. I know I remember that. Mm -hmm. And it would get between us. Like we would raise our voices and like, what the fuck's going on? Like we we had no idea. Like it put a strain on us it for sure. Definitely did. And but I don't think it was even with COVID, it was even with COVID, it's still gonna put a strain on you and your spouse. Mm -hmm. No matter what. And it always will be until they're a certain age. Then it's just like, go to mom or dad and they listen and it's whatever. But um, it, it really does do a lot. And then COVID just like, it wasn't, I, I just wish it was easier to 
get him around other kids, other babies and stuff like that because nobody wanted to do anything. Yeah. And now every time he sees a baby, he's like so ecstatic. Like he yells and screams just like, oh, it's another baby. Like, Yeah, he's pure joy and excitement. Yeah, it's I've just never like seen it so before. weird. Like you don't see it like in babies that weren't born during the pandemic. Yeah. Like I know he's, he's not a baby, but he's one year old. And like he has that like no like fear and no like judgment no no idea what's going on in the world and it's just like i see another person like me i want to go up to them like and i feel like that got taken away from him during the pandemic like i feel like even though he still sees other babies it's not i don't think it's the way it could have been if the pandemic never happened with to piggyback on that with the amount of friends that we have that have babies well that helps after us i still don't feel that we're seeing them as frequently frequently as we probably would have if we weren't just coming out of the aftermath of a pandemic i wouldn't even say coming out of if there was no pandemic i would say i I think that we would see them more frequently and you wouldn't I mean, he'd still be excited to see other babies, but not I don't think this. We're like, yeah. oh my gosh, you exist. He was you know? excited to see himself in the mirror. Yeah. Just by himself. That's true. So that says a lot about how it kind of affected babies in general. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know about other babies, but like I, I know certain people that I mm-hmm. went to high school with have multiple kids and those kids seem a little bit happier. More adjusted in a way. Because they have that sibling. Yeah. That socializing. Maybe that's why, like, yeah. When I was at BJ's to go shopping for his birthday party stuff, the food and things that I went to go get, there was another couple that had stopped us in the store, Declan and me, um, with a (laughs) nine-month-old. They were like, this is our first time seeing another baby since he was born. Yeah, you told me that, yeah. I, I, my chin was on the floor. I, I was like, nine months without seeing another baby. Okay. So that might happen for someone who doesn't have friends that have babies. Yeah. Haven't they could have their mom yeah. friends, you know. Okay. Perfect. Or you just don't want to. Or put you your... finally feel comfortable enough to go out. Yeah. Good for you too. You know, like either but way. I feel like that was a lot. That of... is mind boggling. Because we had Declan out at 10 weeks. Yeah. Old. Even though, even though it wasn't... We may not have seen another baby yeah. at that time, but we were out and about. And But they stopped us, and they actually they didn't follow us around, but we kept bumping into them around the store, and they just kept like, hi, Did hi. you get their number? No, I didn't. You should have. I should have. That would have been weird, but probably they would have loved it. The other thing that I expected versus what actually happened oh. was the amount of support. Oh, yeah, yeah that I expected us to have because I figured both sets of our parents would be over all the time, helping out, maybe staying over. I don't know. Something. Why do you see like, why do you expect that though? Why do you expect them to like do that? Is it something that happened when you were younger? I think my grandmother stayed with my mom when I was born. Because I know my grandmother was, my nana was over all the time. Yeah, I mean, I I expected. But was it different back then? I I think it was just an assumption that I I just had because that's what you think of. Yeah, but that's what you think of. But you also realize that he was born during a pandemic. And that's why it didn't happen. Yeah, but do you think it would have been any different if we weren't in a pandemic? I do. 
Yeah? I do. Really? I, I, I don't. really do. I don't at all. The only reason why I think that is because the way your mom is with him, and it's not even about the pandemic. It's about, oh, he's cranky. I'll hand him back off to you. She gets frustrated. She has... She can't hold them for a while, and I understand that, but... Part of that is also because I breastfeed him. So what? Versus bottle feeding. So what? If I was giving him a bottle, anybody could take care of him. But because I had to nurse him... That shouldn't stop you, though. It shouldn't, but that... What I just said. Did stop my mom from Yeah, so it wasn't the pandemic. It was because you didn't fucking not breastfeed. So it's your fault. It is my fault. Thank you. It's not my fault. I know it's not. <laughs> I'm just making a fucking joke. It's their fault because they don't want to do the fucking dirty work. Because I, I think I remember going over to my grandparents' house and my grandparents would watch me overnight too. Not when you were a few months old. You won't. Remember I remember that. that, but I remember. But that's what I'm talking like about. A it's a few months old. old. I'm talking about the fourth trimester, Bobby. I understand that. And I do think my parents would have been here more frequently. Nope, I doubt it. I think so. But we kept going out. That's the, We so didn't what? stay home and they weren't okay with that. So well, that's their problem. Yeah. We kept, like I said before, we were out at 10 weeks old with him. So what? We brought him out. They didn't want to be around us after that because we were out in public. But that's their problem. I know. And then, you know, we, we didn't stop. We kept living our lives the way we wanted to live it. And so exactly. therefore, we didn't get the support we wanted because my parents lived their lives no, the same that's bullshit. way. Bullshit. It's that's how bullshit. this. Nope. That's bullshit. Pandemic has changed everybody. They could have came over. They could have wore their masks and gloves and everything else. That's on them. So to recap, we expected a lot more help and support. Fourth trimester was hard, but I got a lot of support from my village. People I chose to find support from. Oh, yeah. Those people. Yes, you did. I got a lot of help from them. And I, it's what helped me through surviving and still does. I have a lot of connections now with moms that I absolutely adore and am there for, vice versa. Hi, nobody knows what they're doing, especially on the first child. So just find other moms who don't know what they're doing also and make friends. <laughs> yep, that's the best. That's my yeah. advice on today's podcast. <laughs> make friends with new moms. Nobody knows what they're fucking doing with their first kid anyway. They don't. So go find another mom who doesn't know what she's doing or who just figured go find it another out a dad little bit. Too. Dads are involved in this too, guys. Dads, go get a beer together. Moms, go drink wine together and nurse your babies and be your village. I'm glad we found ours. And if you find that you are having trouble, we can be your village too. Thank you guys for listening to our, our week episode, unfortunately, but... Hopefully it had some impact for you and gave you some light into the fourth trimester. It's not that bad. It gets better. It does. It doesn't get better. You get better at it. Good. Well said. Right? Well said. I learned that from a new friend that I made that I host a mom group with. She said, you don't get, it doesn't get better. You get better at being a mom. And I really liked that. So we'll leave you at that. Thank you for listening and we'll catch you next week where we talk about our transition. Well, we'll have two back-to-back weeks of transitioning into motherhood Ooh. and transitioning into fatherhood. Oh, fuck. Yeah. It's going to be fun ones. All right. All right. Bye, guys. See ya. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us next week. 